707. Let's buckle up, boys. It's time for Iron Sports 95.9, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean, we're here as well. Amazing show on tap for you tonight. Masters week. It, it, it's something, Ira, I don't know the word for it, holier than thou. I think every golf fan <laughs> this time of year has one focus. It's Monday, and all we can think about is Thursday to get the Masters kicked off. I'm like a kid in a candy store <laughs> that's locked there all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because this tonight, in a, about an hour and a half, we're going to get the national championship for college basketball. <sighs> going to be a great game. Great game. And then we get four straight days at the Masters. Uh, it's just amazing. So exciting with all the top players in the world gearing for this. Without Tiger, this would be a great tournament. With Tiger, it's totally over the top. What's it been, two years since he played? Yes. So, so yeah, you'll, you'll get to see your boy back in action. We always talk about, you know, where you've been, where you're headed. Uh, I'll allude to it now. Do you think you're going to try to get to Augusta this weekend? <laughs> no, not this year. I'm going to go to the U.S. Open this year. But I, I, it's also, it's hard to watch. I really want to sit. The Masters is a great tournament to sit, to watch Masters.com, to watch it on your devices, to watch everything. There's no commercials when you watch. You don't have to worry. Yeah. It's a great tournament to watch on TV. Um, we're also going to have our good friend Mike Isolino stop by right about 7.15 to talk about tonight's finals of the NCAA tournament. Ira alluded to that earlier. Professional golfer Scott Deal joins us, to, joins us at 7.40 to talk about what's it like in those kind of scenarios. He's played with the likes of Phil Mickelson, so he'll be able to give us a little bit of insight as to just what happens at some of these big tournaments and getting in between the, the ears and eyes of a professional golfer. That happens just about 7.40 on Ira on Sports. Uh, Sean LeGregor is with us as well. Sean, how was your weekend? It was fantastic. I closed on my house thanks to Camille your mother, Michael, I appreciate it. So hopefully she's listening. I know she listens every week. So thank you, Camille. Um, but yeah, I closed on my house on Thursday, and it's been a whirlwind ever since. So And now we get to watch uh, the Masters there this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, come over, man. I'll be barbecuing. Let's do it. I Ira, you know, usually we talk about where you've been, and usually there's another 20,000 miles on your frequent flyer card. Not this week. You kept it pretty local. What'd you do? I just went to the Miami Open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we're going to talk about that about 7.50 in the hour, and we're going to talk about the great – John Isner had a great win. Sloan Stevens had a great win. It was a great, last tournament at Key Biscayne, but we'll get that. Wait till the end of the show for tennis fans. We're going to cover that. Of course we are here on Ira on Sports 709. That's where you are. This is 95.9, the true oldies channel. Um, you know, the NCAA women wrapped this up, and Ira <sighs> – I'm Buckets. sorry. I can't really get into to women's basketball. I know that you know doesn't make me sound good. You're into every sport, though. So tell us a little bit about uh, how this went down, because I think Notre Dame kind of shocked some people. Oh, my God. Well, Notre Dame, interesting. Notre Dame had five of their players with torn ACLs. Wow. They come into the tournament against Connecticut. Connecticut, of course, is 33-0, a heavy favorite to win the game. It was an amazing game. I mean, they were blowing every team out by 20 points. Yeah. And Notre Dame played very, very tough defense, played amazing. They had the game won, and Connecticut had a— Handful stole the ball moment where they stole the ball with no time left, laid it up, went into overtime. Notre Dame ended up winning in overtime, and then they win the national championship over Mississippi State that shot. with Okambales. Oh so she had God. the winning shot in the one game, in the semifinal game, and in the championship game. Pretty amazing. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to—I know people don't really like talked about women's basketball so much, but what's interesting about this game is that Connecticut's a three-point shooting team. They yeah. love to shoot threes. That's how they run their offenses. Notre Dame stopped that, and when I looked at them, I know this sounds 
sounds weird. I looked at Houston for the Houston Rockets for the NBA well, playoffs. That's a good, good way to look at it. Because they, it's somehow against these other teams. They're draining threes. They're scoring. They're just over. They're winning by so many points. But when the defense got tough, Connecticut just did not run. Their offense looked so bad in the end of the game, and certainly in the overtime. And I, I think that's something I look in Houston. Whereas I think Golden State can adapt. Kevin Durant, Curry, Thompson, they can all do other things besides shoot threes. Houston is just really a three-point shooting team. Yeah. We'll get to uh, hopefully a little bit of NBA later as the playoffs are right around the corner. Do you think that's going to be the recipe for stopping Houston? I mean, you think we can take um, similarities from what we see in the NCAA tournament? And because it is kind of going to a three-point shooting league, Ira, do you think that's going to be the way to slow them down, just make them get the ball inside? Yeah, well, I think that's what I think it mostly is. Are they going to score some other way? And Connecticut seemed to have their problems. They had star players who were great shooters, but Connecticut could not score. And we're going to see tonight. I'm going to put the parallel to Villanova. Villanova had their quote game where they couldn't shoot against Texas Tech, and they still they made four threes and they still won. So I think if you're going to be a great three point shooting team, the idea is can you shoot? Can you do other things to win? Golden State can't. I don't know if Houston can. And and I'll agree with you know Houston's very one dimensional in terms of their offense, but they're the best to do it. They've just set records, most three-pointers. And the one thing I'll say is this. This is not a one-game elimination. I mean, this is best of seven. That is Can one of the things you like, do you that shooting over game, the course of a series? And right now, especially with Golden State being hurt, Houston's pretty much, I, I think, already locked in the, the number one seed. Now you have to beat them, best of seven in Houston. And honestly, I don't think anybody could do that. So you're going to uh, cement it now? I've said it. I've I mean, said it. I've said it all year. I mean, we've, we've talked about it. We've talked about it on the show. And we said, hey, who are the teams that we think are going to go? And honestly, I think right now in the West, I think Houston has locked that up. I don't even th- – Golden State is Golden State. And if they win, you know, I'll, I'll, Nobody's I'll eat gonna be pro. Surprised, but yeah. I'm just saying right now I think Houston's the best team in the league, and I think they win it all. Uh, Sean, did you get to take in any of the NCAA women's action over the weekend? What's your take? I did see the shot. And, I mean, that was – what a great game. You know, I'm not – I can't say that I'm the biggest uh, – uh, NCAA women's basketball sports fan, uh, but I did catch a, a few parts of the game. Obviously, I saw the highlights. What a great shot by that uh, uh, that young lady! Way to win it! Walk off! I mean, unbelievable! UConn going down, obviously a big shock, but for Notre Dame to win, beat Mississippi State the way they did, um, really exciting to kind of bring fans in and 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 you know and, and check out women's sports. Mike Isolino, coach at Robert Morris, joins us just about two minutes to discuss the NCAA tournament uh, finale, which is going to happen tonight, right about 9.20 p.m. on TBS. Ira, I mean, are you happy with this final? Are you happy with who the two teams that we got? Obviously, you'd like to see Duke, but do you think that this will be a great game? I don't think it's going to be a great game. I think Villanova is just a better team. Yeah. I, I think Michigan struggled. But Loyola did. I, I predicted Loyola to beat Michigan. And I, Loyola just, they had that game won. I mean, they were up uh, They were up uh, at one point, 41-33, with 12 minutes to go. And they were outscored 36-16. to 16. Yeah. They started missed threes. They had five turnovers. Everything that Loyola did not do during the whole tournament mm-hmm. – I don't know if it's pressure that got to them, but somehow they self-destructed in those final 12 minutes, and that run from Michigan was amazing. People are saying Michigan's defense really stepped it up. I just think Loyola, maybe the pressure did get to them. Maybe they finally... became Loyola finally. <laughs> well, they, you know, they, that's what it came down to. Their first two games, they won by three points total. It was, it wasn't like, you know, even though they're beating good programs, they weren't blowing people out. I don't think anybody really expected them, you know, to, to make it to the finals. 
But I think they had – I feel like they had that game won and they blew it and I more than Michigan won it because I think Michigan still did not chew well. Uh, Town, uh, But Towns, Ingram, and Richardson, they're three-star players for Loyola. Eight points, two points, four points, 17 turnovers, just not good enough to win. And then the Villanova-Kansas game, I have to admit, was a little boring. Villanova yeah. got that lead and they jumped out. I mean, they were up 14-4, 16-2, and there wasn't even 10 points the rest of the mm. way. Kansas could not make any type of run. There was no run left in there. I mean, Villanova was uh, 18 of 40 from three point line they win by 16 <laughs> points and they make 18 threes and kansas only made seven kansas just could not keep up with villanova they could not play the defense that they needed i mean villanova scores 95 points and can't i just think kansas but i think that I, michigan is just not going to have that besides mo wagner who had an amazing game and he's oh one of the, the reasons he why over. he took over at the end of that game but I just think that Spellman and the big kids from and Bridges are gonna are just yeah. as good for uh, or better yeah. for 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 Nova. And I just think Wagner's not gonna dominate. Wagner's gonna have the problem, same problems he had in the other games in the tournament when Michigan struggled. They yeah. only won one easy game, which is Texas and M. The other games they struggled. No, no and and I, and but the thing is this, right? You know, if I'm betting money, you know, I gotta take Villanova in terms of talent with that backcourt, Bronson Bridges, those guys. I mean, they're they're the best players on the floor. Um, Mo had a great game. To, close out Loyola. Loyola finally looked like the team that we all thought they were. We 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 all picked them, I think, in the in the in the first Everyone round. The first, yeah, exactly. We all picked them as the first round upset. They blew out Florida in the regular season. So I I saw them play and I knew that this was a team that could make a run. Did I think they would get into the final four? Absolutely not. Um, but what I will say about it is Michigan, this is a team that closed out the year on that phenomenal but this is going to be run. my question, Sean. That's that's what we're talking about right now. So Poole is doing it. Mo is playing unbelievable right now. I mean, Loyola had that game locked up, and you just saw, I don't know if it was the jitters or just Michigan just started applying that pressure, but Mo took that game over, and he was the best player on the court, and he let everybody know that, hey, I'm the guy, and I'm going to win this for Michigan. So... My money is on my money is on Villanova, Vegas but my heart's definitely too. with Michigan. Uh, the line's at six and a half, and it's been moving up. I oh my god! I would take that. I would take that. It, almost everybody's taking Villanova, but that was going to be my question, and I reckon to start with you on that before we get to Mike Isolino. Everyone, Michigan was a sexy finals pick yes. as a three seed. So what have they been doing right through everyone's bracket that everyone had them being the sexy three in the finals that you guys don't think they can do tonight against Villanova? They can't score. I think it's just going to – there's a point – how do they get this far? They got to score because of matchups. They get to score because yeah. of the teams they play. At Florida they had State, an easy bracket. They, Houston, the Houston game, they barely won on a last-second shot. The Florida State game was just a tough, grinded-out battle that they were able to win. So, I mean, they, as I said, the Texas A&M game was the only game where they showed up and just blew them out. They beat Montana the first round. So, they're, <laughs> Michigan's a very good team. Michigan deserves to be here. It's, but I just don't think it's going to be a close game. And I think yeah. Villanova's going to – gonna, they're going to do what they've done before. They're going to jump out to that fast 16-4 lead and just cruise with a double-digit lead the rest of the game. It seems like a lot of people, a lot of the pundits, are more than happy to lay six and a half points tonight. I mean, they're thinking that this is going to be an eight to 12 point win on Villanova's part. Sean, what do you think? I mean, Michigan didn't get this far. They didn't get past 64 other teams yeah. to be here by not being good. I mean, make a case for them. Well, 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 definitely, we have to take into account that that other bracket didn't have Arizona or Virginia. Yeah. They go up against Loyola in the Final Four. I had them in my Final Four, but I did have them losing to Arizona, so... I had them in the finals. Wow. Horrible call right there. But <laughs> still, um, 
for Michigan, I mean, the case is there. I mean, look at the way they closed out their year. Just even in the Big Ten, I mean, to go out and in the Big Ten, you you beat Michigan State, the number one team, you know, in the country at that point. Uh, then you beat uh, Purdue, um, who was totally healthy. I know they lost their big man in the first round of the tournament, but then they go out and I mean, they've just been winning. What are they, I think? I think we're at something. F- 15 out of 16 games now? Yeah. I mean, so they are a hot team. If you watch, Poole, their point guard, is just, in terms of basketball IQ, one of the smartest players in this tournament right now, just mm-hmm. and watching him more and more. I mean, the moment's not is is not too big for them. I know there are three seeds, so you kind of put that down and you kind of look like, okay, well, they're a three seed. You know, we shouldn't be shocked that they're there. But I mean, they were they were the th- third or fourth best team in the Big Ten all year. I mean, it wasn't until they ran the table to win the Big Ten championship that they got that third seed. So, now that they're here against Villanova, now we're going to see what they're up against. I mean, this is a team that's been to the national championship past few few years. Won one, lost uh, uh, to to Carolina. Um, Great team, great coach, great backcourt. We're going to see what they're made of, but honestly, I do not think that this moment is too big for Michigan that they can't prevail. I love championship games like this because I don't think that they will be blowouts. I mean, No, no. It's going to be a good game. This will be a good game. I, I, I hope so because I'm looking forward to watching this uh, 9-20 tonight. This is Ira on Sports 719, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean, we've got you covered as well. Um, let's talk for a second about what, you know, you guys brought up an interesting point. This league now, both the NBA and the NCAA, are really guard-driven leagues. Who gets the advantage tonight? Ira, what do you think? I mean, I know we've got good guard play on both teams, but do you think that this is enough to swing it either way? Well, Rockman handles the ball well. He didn't turn the ball over in the semifinals for Michigan. But Brunson is amazing. Just, yeah, Brunson, amazing. to me, I mean, Bridges is going to be drafted in the lottery. Bridges is going to have a good NFL career and have NBA career. But I think Brunson could also make it in the NBA. He, he's, for 10 years. He's, he's a 10-year guard. Is he a starter? No. But he's that guy that could come off the bench and give you solid minutes. But it's interesting to note a that— Jarrett Jack. <laughs> yeah. Interesting to note that Brunson's a junior. And uh, Rockman is a senior, so you have at that the point at the point guard position, juniors and seniors. Experience. Maybe you could have freshmen other places, but at the point guard, that's important. Yeah, of course. I, I agree one hundred percent. Ira, we'll talk to Mike Isolino about that in just a second. Mike Isolino does join us on the line. This is Ira on Sports ninety five nine, the True Oldie Channel. Mikey, how are you, man? Good. How you guys doing? You must be thrilled. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be the last time you have to devote your Monday nights to us for a couple of months. So you must be like, popping a bottle of champagne after this, right? Nah, no, nah, I'm disappointed. Hopefully, ah. uh, hopefully, ho- hopefully, I can get on for the NBA, uh, the NBA playoffs too. I did play in that league a little bit, know a little bit about that. But you He's know, I'll wait to see what Ira says. Uh, we do have Doug West, who actually played with you in high school, I believe. Uh, he played uh, in, at Villanova. He's going to be joining us in just about ten minutes from now. Um, first and foremost, Mike, you being a former NCAA star, NBA player. Is this your Super Bowl, the finals of the NCAA tournament? Is this what your whole year is based around, whereas other people are maybe looking forward to that Super Bowl? Um, I don't know if it's the Super Bowl, but, I mean, you're talking, I mean, Super Bowl might be on another level than the NCAA championship game, but I think the whole tournament, uh, because it goes on for a month long and provides excitement uh, for four basic, basically four weekends, uh, really captivates an unbelievable audience. And uh, people will really gravitate towards it because um, you saw what happened this year, the upsets and the excitement of all the games. And, um, you know, I think sometimes the last game is like, uh, 
it's more of a, a little bit of a downer than the whole thing. <laughs> it's funny how that does go. Mike Isolino, he's a coach at Robert Morris, joins us uh, here on Iron Sports. Ira's wearing a really sweet Robert Morris shirt, by the way. So if you can get a couple of those uh, on a package down to Florida, we'd appreciate that. Uh, Mikey, are you happy with the final? You think Villanova and Michigan uh, deserve to be here? No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Villanova's probably been the best team all year long. Um, just the way they've played, uh, just been outstanding all year. Uh, Michigan obviously uh, came on and won the Big Ten, which, uh, you know, conference that had a great year this year, a lot of really, really high-level teams. Uh, I think you're seeing probably two of the best teams in the country right now, obviously. Um, you know, um, both are playing at a high level, and both have done what needed to be done to get there. So uh, deserving, absolutely, 100%. Um, Mike, just talk about it. You were, of course, a star point guard, and this point guard play with both Michigan and uh, Villanova has been amazing. Rockman has played, not shooting-wise, but no turnovers against Loyola with tough defense, and Brunson's been tremendous. Talk about the point guards in both games and what you see in the, how they'll match up against each other in the championship game. Well, I think you've seen through the years of the NCAA tournament that the guards win championships. Um, I think it's been always, you know, veteran guards and I think somebody made the comment that, um, you know, of, of this 70% of the players playing in this game are, are upperclassmen, um, which is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, the point guard Brunson, I can remember watching him four years ago in Vegas uh, at AAU basketball, and I'm saying to him, when I'm watching him, I'm saying this kid's probably a pro, um, you know, just such a dominant player, uh, not just not the way he scores or the way he passes, just his whole feel of controlling a basketball game. Uh, that's what's most impressive about him. He really controls the game and uh, makes the right play uh, for for those guys. And then on the other side, Michigan, you know, they have great guard, but they've, they've always been, and B-Line's teams have always been great three-point shooters and, and great spacing of the floor uh, and great passing. So I think that, you know, it'll be, you know, people are always talking about, you know, they, everybody's talking about Villanova, Villanova, Villanova. You know, give Michigan credit. John Beeline's a great coach. Uh, he's been in a national championship game, too, you know, a couple of years ago. So he has that experience. And I look for Michigan to play a great game tonight. Hey, Coach, Sean here. Um, obviously, this game is played on a neutral site. But Michigan, being the university that they are, I expect this to be 60-40, 70-30 Michigan fans because we know they travel very well. How much stock at this level now, being the national championship game, how much does that affect coaches, players, um, or, or if not at all? None. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you, you go. You, I don't know if you've been to a Final Four. I've been to about 10 of them now or 12 of them. Um, when you go and there's 60,000, 70,000 people in there, uh, really you probably have, you know, 20,000 Michigan fans, 15,000 Villanova fans, and the other 40,000 in the arena are basically <laughs> neutral people just coming to the game to enjoy the Final Four. Um, you know, you, you, it, it, there's not like you're at your home court where you got 18,000 fans <laughs> and it gets so loud that you can hear. that. that those things don't factor into it. Really, the things that factor into it uh, more than anything, obviously, how deep is your bench? Fatigue factors into mm -hmm. it. Uh, you know, the pressure situation, guys are getting tired. Uh, guys are getting tired a little bit mentally and physically, you know, both of those things. And um, I think it's the, the, the team that not only can go out and make shots, but uh, stay focused and stay, stay disciplined to their game plan. 
Um, obviously, I think that's why Villanova has a little bit of an edge because all year long they stay yeah. disciplined to their uh, to their to their formula. Um, and Michigan doesn't deviate too far, and then, and that's probably one of the reasons why they're there right now. I don't know if they're obviously the most talented team in the in the country, but they neither is Villanova, but they both stay true to their formula. And that's why they're there. He is Mike Isolino, coach at Robert Morris. Joins us on Ira on Sports at 726. This is 95.9, the true oldies channel. All right, Mike, time for the analysis. Michigan, what do they got to do to win this game? Six and a half point uh, dogs. Everyone even thinks it's going to be worse than that. What do you think? Well, I, I think, you know, again, Michigan's going to stay true to themselves in terms of, of what they've done all year long. But the key with Villanova, obviously, is you have to defend the three-point shot. Yeah. Um, you know, Villanova goes out and makes 18 threes again. It's going to be really, really hard to beat them. Um, I think one of the things that's going to cause problems for Michigan is um, the switching of Villanova. Um, you know, a lot of teams have switched against uh, Michigan, and they've had some problems against that uh, because one of the things that Michigan does is they take advantage of uh, their bigs. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, big kid from Germany, you know, he's playing against another big, and he can go out and step out and shoot that, that's a disadvantage. He's not going to have that if it was Villanova. Um, you know, those guys are going to be able to switch out on him and contain him off the dribble and play him pretty decently in the post. For Michigan to win, I think they're going to have to defend the three, and they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to make shots. They're going to have to space the floor and make shots against uh, a Villanova team that's, you know, a high-powered offense. Uh, Mike, you know, I want to talk a little bit about – game planning and you know you being a coach at Robert Morris you you said something that was interesting you know Michigan they need to go out there and play their game when do you tell your team not to play their game like when is it like man we got to adjust to this team if, if we're going to get a win tonight we've got to do what we don't normally do uh, it's something I never think about but it was you know interesting hearing you say it yeah I, I I think that you know when you start talking about not playing your game that's when you get into problems um, obviously, you go out and you game plan. When you game plan against different teams, you try to take away their strengths. You know that you know with Villanova, you're going to have to close out and control the control the dribble drive. So maybe you say to your team, "Okay, listen, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, help so much. We're not gonna be on the center line so much. We're gonna be one step closer to our guy." So our closeouts aren't as long, so we can get to the shooters, and then also we're not going to get off the beat off the dribble. Little things like that, you can make adjustments without really changing your whole philosophy of how you play. Um, you know, so the old old saying we have a saying when we play guys who are great shooters, we call them stunt and stay guys. So instead of being completely on the center line, you stunt, uh, you know, fake at the dribbler, and then you're right back to your man, so he can't get that three point shot off. That might be something Michigan decides to do tonight. Um, you know, those guys have a great, great staff, a great defensive staff, great coaching staff. You know, and you, you know, with today's technology, with Synergy and some of the other uh, video technology, you can pretty much pinpoint every every shot, every get, every player gets on the court, and, and and figure out where you need to take things away. Um, so I think they can do little things like that. But again, here in the national championship game, if you're going to start thinking about we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to do this, and get away from what you do best, that's going to be a problem. And that's, that's where teams lose games. Excellent analysis from the coach, Mike Isolino. Mike, before we go, what do you like tonight? I like Villanova. I think they just, uh, you know, again, great coaching on both sides. I think that, uh, you know, but Villanova, I just think, has too many weapons. Uh, and are playing at such a high level right now and really have played such a high level all year long, it'd be really hard to pick against them. So 
I'm going to go with Villanova, but I would love to see uh, what we saw all weekend in the women's <laughs> games, games at the buzzer. I yes. mean, they were they were some of the most exciting games around. Uh, you know, the girl from Notre Dame hits two big shots. So what a weekend she had yeah. to beat Connecticut and to win a national championship. That's a heck of a weekend. I'd love to see something like that tonight. I think it creates a lot of excitement for the sport. Coach Mike Isolino from Robert Morris. We've had so much fun talking tournament with you the past couple of weeks here on Iron Sports, and we will be in touch. Can't wait to get your NBA analysis as well. Um, Let's move on, guys. Ira, you had a a really amazing guest lined up for us tonight. His name is Doug West. If we're not familiar with Doug West, Sean and I know him well from his NBA days, but you know Doug West pretty well. You want to give us a little preview before we get into it? Well, it's just a, it's, he's a great guy to have on this show because he is the third leading, fourth leading all-time scorer at Villanova. He led Nova in 1998 to the Elite Eight and was on the All-Tourney team, and he's the 25th all-time Big East scorer with 2,000 points. Wow. He's drafted by the Timberwolves, played 12 years in the NBA. He averaged 19 points in 92-93. He's the third leading scorer at the Wolves. He's the, the the third leading uh, person in points, games, and minutes. And on top of that, he was an assistant with Jay Wright under Jay Wright at Nova from <laughs> 2007 bragging. to 2012. He made it when the 09 when they made the Final Four, where they lost to eventual champion Carolina. Uh, just amazing player, great coach. Um, we did this interview earlier, and just insight that is just a tremendous being the player, and also the fact he's so close to the program. So I'm really look. I think everyone will love this interview. Let's hear from from Doug. 95.9 The True Oldies Channel. It's Ira on Sports. Mike and Sean as well. Very special guest bringing in right now. It's Doug West. You know that name. Four-year starter at Villanova from 85 to 89. Drafted 38th overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excellent, excellent player. I grew up watching you, Doug. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Ira on Sports. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm really honored to be on the show. Well, you know, obviously we're going to talk some basketball with you, but i got to know first and foremost, I've heard you're a really big golfer. And this is probably the most exciting week ever. I mean, Masters Week for me is just awesome. How do you feel? Oh, I totally agree. Um, I've had the opportunity uh, to attend two Masters. Um, it was uh, by far, um, you know, television does the course no justice. Um, and it's just a great event. Um, I, uh, I can't wait for the weekend to, to be sitting here. And uh, hopefully, hopefully cheering uh, my man Tiger on. Tell us a little bit about the atmosphere. I'll be rooting for Tiger, too. Uh, tell us a little bit about the atmosphere at Augusta, because like I said, I don't think the TV does it justice. Oh, no, the atmosphere is just unbelievable. Um, you know, you have, it's so hilly. I mean, it's up and down. Um, you, you're, you're shocked when you go there, and it's just so, so beautiful. I mean, it's one of the cleanest golf courses <laughs> I've ever been to, and one of the most beautiful places uh uh, to ever taken taken an event, and um, the city of Augusta. I mean, it's a small little city. Um, you know, um, <laughs> the course sits right in the middle, right in the middle of town. It's just a just a beautiful place. Doug, I've heard. Uh, you know, all you see for that week is just corporate jets flying in and out of the little airport there, and it's kind of just like uh, you know planes buzzing around everywhere with all the big wigs. You know, getting in and out at, uh, of that little small town. Um, there in Georgia. We're speaking to, uh, to Doug West here on Ira on Sports 95.9, the true oldies channel. It, you played at Villanova, so we're going to talk about that with Ira in just a minute. But tell us, um, you, you know, what you think the feeling is for these two teams getting ready to face off tonight. What I think the feeling is, um, well, I, I think, um, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, both teams are definitely excited to play. Um, I think that both teams know it's going to be a hard-fought game, um, you know, and, 
you know, I, I bleed uh, blue and over blue and white, so <laughs> I'm pulling for my team, and uh, I, I know they'll be ready to play. Um, uh, very, very uh, um, good group of focused uh, young men um, that are that are representing Villanova and are doing a very good job um, with doing it, doing so. Doug, um, thanks again for coming on today. Um, the, the, all weekend, I keep hearing the words, it's the Villanova way. These are players that somehow buy into the Villanova way. I mean, you played at Villanova four years. You're the third leading scorer in the history of the school. You probably know better than anyone else. What is the Villanova way? Uh, well, well, the Villanova way, um, it's, it's just a uh, simple, uh, you know, coach, coach talks about it, and it's about your attitude. Um, it's basically he wants players that um, come in are, are team players. Um, they don't think about themselves first. They think about the team. Um, they play for their teammates and their coaches. Um, they don't worry about what's being said in the in the papers or on TV or what awards anyone's getting. Um, they do it together. It's a family. Um, and Coach Wright has really instilled a program with uh, some core values, um, you know, that the guys uh, basically um, just just stick by day in and day out. You know, it's about playing hard, playing together, playing smart, and playing with the pride of a, of a Villanova a basketball player. A lot of a lot of people have been um, talking about their teams and why their teams didn't advance in the tournament. And one of the comments that comes says. Our point guard play wasn't there. We didn't really get the point guard play. Villanova does not ever say that. Jalen Brunson has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, talk about him a little bit and what he brings to that team. Oh, well, Jalen's just an ultimate professional. I mean, he's just uh, a solid um, individual first. Um, you know, and then a student who uh, has graduated in three years. Um, and then next thing, he, he steps in to become a, just a great basketball player, a great ambassador. Um, for Villanova and uh, the way the program has been has been run and, and up and kept up by Jay Wright, um, he's just solid on the basketball court. Never seems to be rattled. Always has control of the game and the tempo of the game. And um, you know, I think that's just a great um, luxury for for Coach Wright to have out there on the court. Yeah, and then a lot of people are saying, well, there's no great professionals on this team. But I, every draft, mock draft I see, I see Bridges going in at least the top 15. Talk about, like, where, what is he right now for that team and maybe what you see him in the NBA in the future? Oh, I definitely see Mikel um, as an NBA player. Um, I think uh, anyone with his, his length, I mean, he is very long. Um, and one of the things uh, that, that coach does uh, with players is he, he brings guys in that are just basketball players, not guys by position. And that way, as he's teaching them, he teaches each player at every position all the same moves, same, same with handling the basketball, same with passing the basketball, same with jump, stop, pivoting, and all that. Mikel came in, redshirted, took full advantage of that, and I think his stock has, has risen over the last two years. I mean, he became a guy who was just a role player off the bench. And the next year, he was a guy who was, was making some shots, uh, a big contributor. And then this year, he's you know, been, been another leader on that team, um, you know, a guy who can play multiple positions, who can guard multiple positions. And mostly, you know, you look at him in the beginning of the game, you see Mikel starting on the opposing team's point guard. So imagine having a 6'8 guy with the wingspan that he has and as, as active as he has all over you. 
Um, no, it's certainly. And, and what is the secret in terms of they really can, everyone on the team can shoot threes. I mean, they all, they almost run an NBA Houston Rocket, Golden State Warriors type offense that certainly puts a lot of pressure on defenses when you have five guys standing there all who can drain threes. I, I think in the last game, um, at like the six minute mark, um, everyone had made, all their starters had made a three already in the game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just something that just happens overnight. I mean, this is, something that is instilled in these players. Um, I mean, you know, practices where you just have shooting practices. They know when they walk on the court, they step on the court before before practice starts, they go and they get a thing they call get 50, where they're getting 50 shots in from different, from different positions and different angles before practice even starts. They do that every day. That is, that is part of their ritual. They walk into the gym, that's what they do. Um, they don't walk in the gym, start shooting half-court shots, start joking around with, with, with another one of their teammates. It's about stepping between the lines, 94 by 50, and doing what you do. So they shoot the ball. Um, they, they practice. They have morning, shooter, morning shooting sessions. I know at least when I was coaching there, we had morning shooting sessions. We had shooting, um, you know, individual shooting sessions. I mean, so the shooting has been going on for years. And as far as the offense, I mean, Coach Wright has been running the same offense, um, for years, um, before Golden State was running it, and uh, before the Rockets were running it, I mean, he was he was running four out, one in offense. Um, it just seems like the shooters have just gotten better, and the three point the three pointer is now used more than it was back when he first started doing it. Um, in terms of, <laughs> it's clearly, I mean, they're fun to watch. It's a great team to watch. I mean, Villanova this year, everyone you know thought their number one seed when the season started. They had that little dip there against when they lost to St. John's, Providence, and Creighton, but they sort of righted the ship. I mean, what do you think, what, what, how, what caused that little dip, and why right now are they just seem to be rolling and they're six-and-a-half-point favorites for the championship game? What, what changed? What, did, he, did Jay do anything different? Did the players do anything different after they suffered those three losses? Or it was just, you know, just you're going to have a couple losses. You play a long season. Um, well, I think that um, I didn't expect them to go undefeated. Um, you know, uh, I think that you, the St. John's team, um, who was just coming off a, a victory over Duke, was playing very well. The first time I saw St. John's play, I think they were 0-11, and I said, that's the best 0-11 team I've <laughs> ever seen in person. Um, and then, the, you know, they beat Duke, and then they beat Villanova. Um you know, for some reason, uh, I think it was Creighton. Creighton's had Villanova's. Had I think it was Butler actually. Butler's had their had their number um, each year, and uh, one of those other losses. It was just you know, it just happens. I mean, it just happens throughout the season. But I don't think that anything changed. I think that you know, if anything, they may have taken paid just a little more attention to detail. But those things are going to happen, um, and uh, they 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 bounce back. I don't think they lost two games in a row all year or have it in a few years. And then just preview the game, the championship game a little bit. I mean, the one comment people are saying is that Mo Wagner, I mean, he's the key. If, if he goes off, uh, then that could pr- pose some problems for Villanova, even though uh, Spellman's played great inside. So I, I, but uh, what do you see in terms of Villanova's, what defense they're going to use to stop Wagner? And also, what do you think for the championship game itself? I think uh, Villanova's going to do what they do. Um, they're going to go out. They're going to play you tough, man-to-man, um, in-your-face defense. They're going to challenge you um, physically uh, to be stronger, faster, 
uh, to beat them off the dribble, to be able to score um, without being fouled. Um, and I think offensively they're going to move the ball. They're going to do the same thing they've been doing all year long. Nothing's going to change. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I see my team winning. And uh, hopefully they, they can hold on and knock off uh, Michigan. Well, Doug, this could be a, just a tremendous week for you. You would get uh, Vilno being national <laughs> champions, Tiger winning the Masters. That would be like, I mean, on Monday, if those two things happen, I mean, you got to celebrate on Monday for Tiger and Villanova. That would be tremendous. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to play the lottery this week. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Darren. No, I'm finished. Well, thanks a lot, Doug, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, Mike, do you have anything to add? Yeah, uh, Doug, you know, we just want to thank you uh, so much for coming by once again. Four-year starter at Villanova, coach there from 2007 to 2012. We'll be rooting for you tonight. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. appreciate it, guys. 742 is Ira on Sports, 95.9, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean, we're here with you as well. Great interview from Doug, Ira. I mean, I love getting insight from guys like that. He knows his stuff, and he's a great player. I just liked what he said about shooting. I mean, Crazy. that's it doesn't happen. 50. Yeah, 50 shots. I mean, they don't just... And that's what I think the difference between Villanova, Golden State, and Houston is. You see a lot of teams shoot a lot of threes. They don't practice shooting. They're not... If you're going to shoot threes, make the threes and be good shooters. You want to know what's sad? I'm hearing a lot of uh, NBA insiders saying now they have rookies and second-year players that don't practice in the NBA. Like, well, I'm here. You know, back... I, I couldn't imagine Michael Jordan letting anybody in the 90s not practice. Punch Whether you're you Horace Grant or a rookie, you're coming out to play. We've got another very special uh, guest on the line with us here on Iron Sports. It's Scott Deal, professional golfer. Uh, Masters Week is upon us, so you know we have to get involved in golf. Scott's uh, a player on the Hooters Tour. He's got multiple mini-tour wins, missed qualifying for the U.S. Open by uh, four shots two years ago. Scott, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Iron Sports. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ira. We've got so much to get into, so I'll t- I'll, let's, let's start right away. Why do I suck at golf? Yeah. What do I need to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you got you to gotta hit it farther, straighter, and make more putts. There we go. All right, Scott. I like you already. I'm, Sounds easy. I need $300 a, an hour. Yeah, I need, I need a playing lesson for you soon. Um, you know, Scott, we just had Mike Isolino on the line, coach at Robert Morris. I asked him if this, you know, the NCAA tournament and the final is his Super Bowl. You're a professional golfer. So Augusta and Masters Week must just be your thing, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, this is definitely the most special week in golf uh, for for especially guys like me who are just not only do it for a living, but I mean, I'm I'm an absolute golf fanatic, addict, all of those uh, adjectives you can find. Um, it, it's a special week. My girlfriend knows to stay away from me, and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, so we, you know, she's new, and we already had the discussion that that this is that this is a special week. So it's. Uh, it's funny to see the text messages come through. I think my phone, I have to have it constantly plugged in because it just, it doesn't stop ringing with the buzz. Yeah, if I can't take off work, I've definitely got one of my two monitors just watching Masters coverage while I sit there. I know Ira, he takes off for this stuff, of course. Um, Scott, what does he think that makes the Masters so special? I mean, you know, we talked to Doug West earlier. He said the course in person, it doesn't do it justice to what you see on TV. Why do you think that golfers and the golf community loves the Masters so much? Uh, you know, it's it, it's just the the history behind it being that it, that it's Mr. Jones's golf course, and um, and I think one of the I think one of the greatest things about it that that uh, maybe we overlook sometimes, but um, it is just the the fact that anybody that's won can keep playing, yeah. and so yeah. on Thursday on Thursday morning we have we have the legends of the game start the week off with the honorary tee shots. And then, you know, we've got, uh, you've got guys like this week, 
uh, looking in the, in the field, Sandy Lyles playing, um, Larry Mize is playing, you know, um, throughout the years, uh, I, I'm a younger guy, but throughout the years, you know, guys like my dad's generation, they got to watch a Gene Sarazen and Littler and some of these guys play well into their, in, in, into their old, older age and, and play well. I mean, you've got a guy like Freddie Couples who's always on the first or second page of the leaderboard after, after the first couple of days. It's interesting you bring up Fred Couples because that was my next question. Uh, Freddie Couples said Tiger Woods' warm-up round today, or practice round, was just phenomenal. Looks as good as he did 10 years ago. One, how much stock do you put into practice rounds, especially at some place like Augusta National? And what do you think Tiger's shots are this weekend? Uh, so, it, first off, because it's the easier one here, I think Tiger's shots are really good. He, he, he's got a really good shot. He's playing well. He's putting well. Uh, it looks like he's gotten the driver uh, a little more under control. Um, we, we were uh, we were just talking about about the difference in Tiger hitting driver on the driving range and and uh, hitting it on the golf course and and how well this golf course sets up for him. Um, he, he gets his, if he's got his tempo going, he can he can really do some damage out there. Um, practice rounds on the golf course and and what they mean, you know, especially for the guys that don't have. I think Tiger Tiger and Phil have the most rounds played. Um, in the field this week at like 78 and 96 rounds. Wow. And, uh, and, and that golf course, Augusta is such a special golf course because the, you can play it a bunch of different ways, but it, it really, it really helps the player that can hit a draw or the lefty that can hit a cut. Um, and, and knowing how to play that golf course and, and playing it, um, playing it really conservatively, uh, I, I think Tiger's Tiger's biggest attribute is he's one of the most conservative golfers to ever huh. play the game, and, and he plays really aggressive golf shots to really conservative uh, to conservative targets. And and Augusta is perfect for that setup. You, you you don't have to hit great tee shots, but if you miss it in the correct side of the fairway of the dog leg, uh, you can hit a good iron shot into the green and, and score well. Um. Scott, you know, you said you're from San Diego and you've had the opportunity to play with Phil Mickelson a lot. Uh, certainly last seven years, he's been seventh, third, third, one, uh, one, f- and fifth and fifth. I mean, and then the Masters, this is his tournament uh, being in the top 10 so many times. What do you think? What, what, why is this tournament tailor made for his game? The golf course just sets up so well for him. Uh, he hits the ball long and he hits it a mile high. Uh, Phil's one of the greatest, you know, I, I think everybody, we all know that Phil's, you know, got the flop shot and we all think <laughs> of the magic that Phil can put up around the greens, which, which is, is a huge advantage in Augusta, but being able to hit the ball, um, so high with his irons is, is a really big advantage. And Phil's one of the greatest ball strikers of all time. Uh, and that's something that I think a lot of people overlook when we talk about Phil Mickelson, but he, he's one of the greatest ball strikers ever. And, and it's really a second shot golf course. So um, a guy like Phil that can that can hit it out there a long ways, and, and being a lefty, playing that cut, he can really cut some yardage off of this golf course, and and then hit good iron shots into these little quadrants on the greens, and really give himself those, you know, ten foot, ten and fifteen foot birdie opportunities where the undulation in the green doesn't doesn't really come into effect as much as it does when you're putting outside of twenty feet. Yeah, good luck from forty <laughs> over there. 
Hey, hey Scott, Sean here. Um, you know, Mike had brought up and, and he had asked, uh, you know, what, what makes the master so special? And in my mind, I mean, it's, it's the memories. It's, it's, you remember certain shots, you remember certain players, you remember the green jacket, you know, I can't tell you who won the, um, you know, WGC championship or the shell Houston open. Um, but you know, we can, we can go down the list of green jacket winners. Uh, my favorite memory I think would have to actually be in 2010. And it's funny, Ira brought him up, but when Phil won, you know, coming down and, you know, won the masters, his wife has cancer. Just what a great moment, you know, that 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 all golf fans kind of were rooting for Phil at that moment. So my question to you is, what is your favorite Masters moment? My favorite Masters moment. Well, I'm a huge Tiger fan, and and uh, <laughs> growing up, you know, he was my he was my golf hero growing up. Um, and and uh, that that chip shot he hit on 16, where the where the ball just dropped into yeah. the hole and the, with the Nike swoosh just hanging on the edge. <laughs> um, that's that's got to be that's got to be one of my one of my all time favorite Masters moments. Um, you know, my other my other all time favorite Masters moment isn't so much uh, wasn't a, a shot that anybody hit or, or anything that really happened on the golf course. But for me, it's it's the uh, the conversations with Dad and with my brother and family. Exactly. And uh, we seem to all get together that week, whether yeah. whether we're at home watching it together, or we're on the phone coming down Sunday on a seven way phone call and. And uh, I, I think that's the it's the one golf tournament that that even even non golfers uh, are really totally agree. Um, yeah, they're just you're just you're just mesmerized by yeah. the whole thing, the flowers, the and the music. Yes. And I mean, yeah. the can, can, can any can anything get better than the Masters no. song being played in the background? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's 7.51. We're talking with uh, Scott Deal, professional golfer, about the Masters. Um, Scott, before I let you go, everyone's going to be talking about the, the big names. We're going to be talking about Phil. We're going to be talking about Tiger Woods. Heck, Rory McIlroy, uh, Dustin Johnson, um, Bubba Watson. These are names that are going to be talked about. What's a name that we're not going to be talking about that can really win this on Sunday? All right. I, I've got I've got three kind of dark horses <laughs> I love it. that I think could really – uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. The guy can, the guy can hit it a mile and he, and he's a really good iron player and he's been playing well this year. Uh, I was just having lunch today with David Lipsky who, who plays on the European tour. He's a, he's a great player. He's not playing in the masters this week. So, uh, we were just pegging it around the golf course this afternoon, but, um, he, he's a big Tommy Fleetwood, uh, fan for his golf. And, and, and he agreed that he thinks, he thinks Tommy's got a good shot. I think Alex Norn's got a good Ooh, shot. Good, yeah. Another, yeah, another, another guy that hits his irons really well and can just putt lights out. Um, and then, and one, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of experience there, but the the kid's an absolute fighter, and I think we've all seen it as John Rom. Yeah. Uh, even even with the the amount of, of rounds played on that golf course and how much that really is is, is an advantage for these guys. Uh, John Roms, he's just a fearless competitor, and, and he seems to be one of those guys that really rises to the occasion all the time. Um, I guess I guess those are three European guys. I got to throw in I got to throw in an American name here for us here, but uh, his his odds to win here, out here in Vegas aren't that great right now. But I think some smart money being put as a dark horse bet on uh, Patrick Reed would be a good one this week too. He always seems to find himself yeah. playing well in these tournaments. Scott, if you could just He's another guy. Scott, if you yeah, could just um, give me give me quick or give me just a quick summary. I've got three players because everyone, all our fans, want to know about Baba, 
DJ, who's number one in the world, and Rory. What's your take, real quick takes on Bubba, DJ, and Bubba Watson, Phil, I'm sorry, Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson, and Rory McIlroy? All right, uh, Bubba Watson, lefty, plays a huge high cut, can shape the ball any way you could possibly think of, upside down, left ring, boomerangs, it doesn't matter. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got a shot. He's won, he's won twice this year, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the first time he won his Masters, he had won twice in the spring before as well. So uh, he, the guy's playing lights-out golf again and seems to have kind of found himself uh, this year. He's got a really good shot. Um, Dustin Johnson can just overpower any golf course that you could think of or, or try to create. Um, and, and, he's, and his wedge game is so good now. If, if, his, putter, if his putter's on and, and he can hit some – some key drives uh, in the fairway on the par fives and, and go low on the par fives. He's got a he's got a really good shot. I think the par fives are absolutely key at that golf course. Uh, even when Zach Johnson won at one over par, he was uh, twelve under on the par or eleven under on the par fives, twelve over on the rest of the golf course for the week. So uh, Dustin's got a good shot if he can if he can play those par fives really well. And. Uh, who was our Who was our last one there? I'm sorry, Rory, Rory McIlroy. We were Rory. Oh, Rory. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Rory's ever stood on the first hole of a golf tournament and and <laughs> nobody's thought he could win. You know that that guy can win anytime, anywhere. Uh, the putting's looking really good for Rory right now, and uh, and he's coming off his you know three or four good three out of four good finishes here in the last in the last few weeks. So uh, if he keeps that going, he he's he's going to be right in there. We want to thank you so much for popping by. He is Scott Deal joining us here on Ira on Sports. Scott, whenever we have golf questions, we can hit you up for your advice, right? Yes, sir. Please do anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy the week. We will. You do it as well. 755, Ira on Sports, 95.9, True Oldies Channel. Ira, what are you thinking? I mean, I know your heart wants Tiger to win. Yeah. But what's your analysis here? I mean, these are tough tournaments to pick, and I don't like taking small names in these because it seems like the, the cream usually rises to the crop here. Uh, at Augusta, what are you thinking? Not only small names, I want experience too. I mean, yeah. we didn't ask him about Justin Thomas, who's number two in the world yeah. right now. Who has, Playing but he, great. Playing great. He's uh, first at the Honda, second in the World Golf Championship, but he was 39th and 22nd last two Masters. Jason Day maybe isn't playing so great, but he has, still has a win this year. Yeah. Ricky Fowler hasn't been playing great, but that's another big name. And then Jordan Spieth, who's yeah. one. I mean, there are so many names. It seems like so many people are ready to go. I, I just I keep looking at Phil. I'm saying in the last eight years, he's been in the top three, like six of those eight years. I, it just he seems to, and he's and he won at the World Golf Championships. He was second at Pebble, fifth in Phoenix, sixth in the Genesis. He's playing well. He yeah. has the experience, and I like Tiger too. So if it's Tiger, yeah. I'm rooting for Tiger. But I like Phil in this tournament a lot, and I like Bubba Watson in this tournament a lot. Again, you he's won it twice. against him. Yeah, it's how you it's how you match up to this course, and that's that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, definitely playing here. So, and, and Mike, you brought up a good point. It always feels like the cream of the crop rises when it comes to the Masters, and you can go down that laundry list of these guys' names, whether they're playing good or they're not. I mean, that's who we expect to see on the leaderboards. You know, come Sunday. Well, Andy North made a good comment today. I was listening to the radio. He said the the noise factor for Tiger is not going to be as great because they're going to control the galleries. Yeah, yeah of it's course. It's not going to be Definitely wild. Gust, yeah, the last gust, thing yes. you want is someone to throw you out and you lose a pass that you've had for <laughs> like 20 years. Yeah, of course. So nobody, it's going to be genteel yeah. and nice, and there's not going to be this wild craziness, and I think that helps. But Tiger's knowledge of this course, of course. Oh, has got to come into play. It, it, what, you know, Scott said, 96 rounds either Tiger or Phil had played there. <laughs> That's 24 
full weekends. You know what I mean? Like when you think about it, four rounds, if you gone up, like just amazing to think about how many trips they've had over the course. And that's where a guy like Justin Thomas, I wouldn't bet him. I think he's the best golfer in the world right now. I wouldn't bet him. And Tiger has a putting green in his house with the same with uh, grass, on it, right? yeah, yeah. the same grass they use <laughs> where he goes out and putts. I mean, how many people have at their house the master's putting green grass? <laughs> and how many people have that uh, 10 minutes from their house like we yeah, do right God. here in Jupiter? 757, it's Iron Sports. True Oldies Channel, Mike and Sean, we got you as well. Um, before we wrap this up, Iro, you did mention you were down in Miami taking in some tennis. Maybe not the huge names that we're used to you seeing, but it was actually a pretty good weekend. It was a great weekend, and it's great for John Isner. John Isner is an interesting player because he serves the ball 139 miles an hour, which is amazing. He's been on the tour for 10 years. He's from Tampa, but he has never beat any of the good players. Never beat <laughs> Federer, Joker, Nadal. He's 4-28. and 28. He's 13 titles. He's been in the top 20 for many years. His career is winding down. He won this tournament. It's the biggest tournament he's ever won, and oh. his speech was so nice to Zasha Zarev, who he beat a 20-year-old who's maybe the next big thing. So we saw someone whose career is about to end and who's had a nice career as a American dignified guy. He's helped Sasha Zarev. Zarev's trained with him. The, the, you would thought That's it was great. a love fest between the two. It was so nice. It was so compl- it was so complimentary to Sasha. And Sasha said the same thing to John. It's nice to see in competition like that. And yeah. it was exciting matches because John was winning his serve so much. It was great to see him actually have a return game too. So that was that part of it was very very exciting. And then Sloane Stevens won from the girls. And Sloane yeah. Stevens is another player up that she up, she's up and coming. She won the U.S. Open. Open last year, year, and she played Helena Spatenko, who's a young, very young 20-year-old from who won the French Open. So you got to see last year's U.S. Open versus the French Open winner and another American win. And Sloan's from Boca Raton. So yeah, yeah, we talked about yeah, yeah. So we've got Florida people here. They win. We gotta and, get her on the show. And uh, it would be awesome. And, and, Let's and, do it. And, and I mean, she's a great, she's very intelligent. She graduated Indiana University. Yep. And it was just, uh, the tournament, it was the last tournament in Key Biscayne. It was very interesting note. After the women's final, they made an announcement. They said, we'll see you all in Fort Lauderdale the loudest boo you could imagine. <laughs> People booed. For the men's final, they did not mention where the tournament was going to yeah, be for shocker. next year. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. This tournament's been there for 25 years. Everyone's loved it. It's a great venue, a great site. Uh, there's been a lot of... It's an amazing thing for Miami to have a premier tennis tournament there. Um, so we'll see what happens next year. But I enjoyed going. I love tennis. We're going to have talk about it more. And there's so many of these players. It's just like golf. So many of the golfers live in this area. So yeah. many of the tennis players also live in the Tampa area, including Venus and Serena. Yep. So very cool stuff. Um, bold prediction. Something that it might happen over the course of the next week. We would love for it to happen because it'd make us look really smart. Sean, we can start with you. What's your bold prediction? Something outlandish that could happen tied in the world of sports. For, tied for fourth last year at the Masters. NCAA champion at Illinois. Had a rough 2018 to start. Thomas Peters is going to win the Masters. That's pretty bold. Ira, what about I always you? go bold, Mike. I know. Ira, what about you? Anything you could see crazy happening this this next week? I think the Masters is crazy. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's so that's that's the me. The Tiger most things, winning would be pretty big. I, 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 I want to say, say I, the field. I want to say Tiger winning because I want to see Tiger win because I want oh I want on I Sunday. Wish. I want that excitement. I just love the fact that all these golfers are here. It's weird. Golf is different than other sports in that yeah. they, you play. It's not like in football where you play teams. Golfers they pick and choose which tournaments mm-hmm. they play in. So rarely, like Tiger and Justin Johnson have only played in one tournament yeah, all year. Johnson. It's like they all have to come. You can't hide anymore. Everybody's in the ring together. It's the battle. War and go for it. And everyone's scared of Tiger. I remember where you heading. Oh my god! What? Oh, this week I'm going to watch the game tonight, and then I'm going to watch. I might go to one Heat game this week, but definitely I want to watch this is Masters Thursday Have through to. Sunday is a must watch. Uh, if Tiger's within six strokes, 
going into Sunday, I'm going to be as happy as I've ever been to sit there and watch golf all day on Sunday. We are just about out of time, though. I want to thank so much uh, Mike Isolino, Scott Deal, Doug West for stopping by, Ira as well. He's Sean. I'm Mike. We'll catch up next Monday night on Ira on Sports.